With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Uh, we're live, pal. Hey, we're live, pal. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the A-Side Live Chat. We're just one hour. We're starting one hour late, but that's just this week. We'll be back to our normally scheduled time moving forward. It's a special special day this Wednesday in the middle of, middle of March. Yeah, it's the middle of March. But anyway, I'm Jose Young with MMA Fighting. I am your host, of course. Joining us this week is Casey on the ones and twos per usual. And making his return... The, how would I describe him? Not the Between the Links champion. Dead Mishu. That's how I would describe him. I mean, that's fair. I'm not. I'm just the greatest of all time. Also, because you didn't mention it, it is a very important Wednesday. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. That's how I was going to end it, but you take the shine right out, man. You want to kick it off, but sure. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. Yeah. St. Patrick's Day? Yeah, dog. Way to be a. What are you? You're the worst Chirish ones and twos yeah. in MMA. I, I, I am. I am Chirish for everyone out there. Yeah. You know, I'm half. I got half that blood in me. Um, so when Connor walks out, he's fighting for me. Um, half of me. Um, I, I've, and he's fighting. I've, for, I have like, he's three, fighting. I have like three red hairs in here. It's pretty awesome. And he's fighting for a quarter of me because I am, yeah. as Connor McGregor once described me, a Hispanic Celt. Because apparently my last name is very Irish. Shout out to my homies in Westmeath, Ireland. Anyway, you guys no know Irish. the drill. You're what? I have no Irish in me, but I'm from Savannah, so I'm just going to claim it. Yeah. I'm going to go to Bennigan's tonight. Is Bennigan's still around? You remember Bennigan's? The restaurant? Definitely. No. <laughs> Order of Monte Cristo. My, am I dating myself here? What is that, from the 70s? Did yeah, you watch yeah. Sputnik? Were you talking about Sputnik when you went to Bennigan's? Yeah, yeah. You know, we're like, ah, oh, that Nixon. That's yeah, right? <laughs> Anyway, you guys know the drill. If you want to ask Casey about his time when he watched Sputnik or where he was when JFK got assassinated, you can ask those questions. Or you can ask Jed and I MMA questions. Hit us with whatever you want in the comments, the Twitters, the MMA sites. You guys know the drill. Casey, what is our first question? 
Um, we got a lot of insult. I, I, I think it's. It, I'm not sure. I, I, I have a. I have a real quick question first. How come you and I have full names and Jed is just Jed? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like I just like the way you looked. I only need the one. Everyone knows me. Okay, the guy's like Madonna. Jed. I don't know. Oh, I got. How you. many Jeds like, are there in this space? Yeah. Like Sting or Prince, he's just Jed. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Like Good work, Casey. Thank you. That's fair. If you get a law degree, you can go by just your first name. <laughs> um Suzanne on the YouTube comments. This is what Ben Askren would have looked like if he straightened his hair. What is is he talking about you, Jed? Is she talking I, about I you, Jed? I assume so. I assume. Look, Brian Ortega shaved his hair off, so I'm coming for the best flow in the game title. Like that's I'm working on it. We're not there yet. Give it time. Who's uh who's number one now that Brian's Oh, no, that's a really good question. Shaving. These are the questions we have on the on the A side yeah. live chat. What was who the question? You see, this feels who has the best hair in MMA now that Brian Ortega went bald and ugly? Mm, best hair in MMA. Benson Henderson's always had some luscious locks. I'm ready for Duh. Benson to cut his hair. I mean, I get it; it's part of his thing. But I don't know. I just think you got to change change things up, Benson. Um, what about Kyler Phillips? He's kind of—I mean, I know he, yeah, he's, he's he, he cornrows it when he's fighting, but so did Brian. Flowing, yeah, that might be a good I, one. I think uh, underrated hair. Dustin Poirier has some real nice hair, even though it's short. He keeps it high and tight. Yeah, man, it's like a—it's a good haircut. Yeah, very, very solid. I respect Dustin's entire like his physical transformation from like being kind of a grungy little kid to like a really clean cut professional. It's good work. He apparently he also lasered off the tattoo on his stomach. I want to know what the story is with that. I'd never noticed that before, but okay. These are the things I notice. Best yeah, hair in MMA? Question mark. Yeah, you tell us. Yeah, we're, Paul yeah, Felder's we're, got some good. Paul Felder and Alan Joban have some good hair, but that's like broadcasting hair. Yeah, Joban does have good hair. That Joban actually might be my my call for that. Angie has good hair too. The big afro. That's good. Fair. Um, I have to think about this, guys. This is like, yeah, we're, we're, let's just. For the next like twenty minutes, just just kind of sit in silence and just kind of think about this. <laughs> <Is that> good <laughs> radio. Alright. has got that high top fade. That's always a fun one. Looks like I, an eraser. I got. I got. I got to think of one more. I got to think of. I know we have to be missing a good one before we scoot sure off this. Go. Come on, come on, Casey. Don't let me. Come on, Casey. <laughs> Everyone is saying Kyler Phillips in the comment section. Yeah, I think. I mean, he's a good choice. I mean, but I think it's easy choice. I think it's just. I mean, he's like the more. He's the more, he has the most luscious hair, I guess. I guess. Sure. True. All right, Kyler, so you is win. it? Is he? Uh, is Kyler Phillips Kyler with Kyle with an R or Tyler with a K? Ooh. Oh, I don't know. But what about Masvidal? How do we feel about Masvidal? Oh yeah. Street Jesus hair. It's long. It's means flowy. <laughs> it's long. No, I, I, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. <laughs> It goes to this vibe. Yeah, we got we got Drew Dober, Drew Dober. No, but now we're, now we're just talking jawlines. It's just handsome. I'm just talking. I'm talking hair, people. Holly uh, Holmes got some real long hair. I was gonna mention Holly Holm. Holly, like I've watched her train, and it takes her a good 15, 20 minutes before any any like mid session just to, just to, for her to like kind of bun her hair up. Her hair's like 
like told like down to the butt crack type hair. I don't know how my she God. does it. Yeah, it's wild. That's my biggest thing. I don't. I don't how. I have, just long hair in general. I don't know how you train with that stuff. That's why. All right, but okay. The show's over. We're we're good. <laughs> we answered all the big questions, guys. All right, here we go. From Tristan Gore, dead on the site, Leon's options coming off a no contest decision over Bilal Muhammad. In your opinion, do you think the only option Leon will have as far as the next opponent is against Gilbert Burns? Since Leon won't be getting a title shot due to the fact that the UFC just booked a rematch between Mazdal and Usman on April 17th. Wonderboy is another option, but won't be ready until May. He can run it back with Bilal, but it probably won't do anything for Leon due to the lack of fan interest in running that fight back. Colby won't fight him either. Where he wants the winner of Jorge versus Usman. So Usman versus Masvidal or Kamaru versus Jorge. Let's let's get it straight, guys. Anyway, Jed, what are, what is Leon's options moving forward after his no contest following his stabbing? He he definitely stabbed Bilal Muhammad. Uh, he's gonna fight Bilal Muhammad again. Like that's just what they're gonna do. Um, here's the thing, right? I get Leon Edwards's point here. But this is the type of thing that if MMA was a real sport and you had like real handlers who taught you how to actually speak to the media and stuff, you would never say. Because it's obviously terrible optics for him to just be like, well, I know I poked that dude in the eye, but I want a title shot, so I don't really feel the need to run it back. Like, I get what he's saying because he wasn't supposed to fight Bilal in the first place. That fight functionally does nothing for him moving forward. But you just can't say that. Like, you just have to be like, yeah, we can run it back and then behind the scenes be like hey guys what if instead i just waited for hamzad or whatever it is that they're going to do so he, in the end he's just going to fight muhammad again the only other option i could see is maybe if hamzad starts to feel better and recover maybe they just do that because that's the original intent but beyond that i, I just don't think anybody else is going to want to fight him and he would want to accept that fight casey what's next for leon edwards <clears throat> Um, actually, I agree a lot with Jed said. Uh, unfortunately, Leon probably sh- should have gave us the BS answer on the mic. It's like it was a great fight, you know. You know, Bahal's a great opponent. I'm really, some really unfortunate, and you know it's running back. But as soon as the cameras are off, he he's looking at the matchmakers. Nah, bro. <laughs> like, I, oh, I, just, I was. I mean, but the problem is, I don't. It's not that. It's not what really Leon's options are. It's like it's really who who above him or even within one or two of the rankings of him is willing to fight him Leon? the only, the only yeah. person I can think of is Gilbert Burns is that the maybe one? Burns and maybe Wonderboy I'm not even confident yeah. either yeah me neither I mean, I, I, I mean only, Gil, only Burns can coming up the loss yeah I think Wonderboy maybe if it's a number one contender fight if Dana White comes out and says whoever wins this fight fights Masvidal or Slash That's the fight that should have done in the first place. <laughs> like, I know they couldn't because Leon was trying to target a December and then that got kicked back. But like that fight actually does make total sense as a number one contender fight, and probably just what they should have defaulted to when Hamza pulled out. But I know Leon wanted to keep fighting. Good for Bilal to get his opportunity. But now that all this has gone tits up, like yeah, man, just just do Wonder Boy Leon if if they'll both take it. So where does that leave Colby? Sitting on the sidelines, calling for a title fight, he's probably not going to get. You're not wrong. I don't know. I, I read some stories that he's too busy to fight right now. Something about his balls. I don't know. 
Uh, it's it's unclear. It's unclear. I'm, oh, did you you did not see the Colby interview, did you, Jose? Is it with our friends over at Submission Radio? Yeah. Sure is. It is on my it's literally on my watch next list. I was probably gonna watch it sometime this today. If you just just watch the first four minutes, you'll you'll know the reference that was just made there. So All right. So uh, Dude, let let Colby fight Gilbert Burns. Those two can fight then. Gilbert Don't Burns hate hates Colby. Well, I mean there's I mean there's a lot of fighters that do, but um Maybe, maybe doesn't doesn't Bilal hate hate um, have a pretty big hatred toward Colby too? Yes, that yes, is a does. that is a very that is a, I think a little bit of a different hatred because Colby said some things about people that Bilal Muhammad uh, represents inside the octagon. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I so. think that's that might be a little heated, similar to the Tyron Woodley situation. Well, I think I think Burns has similar issues too. I mean. Uh... Not the same, but it's, it's not just you know. Oh, he's a bad training partner. I think I think Burns has some issues with how um, Colby also, talks about other people. One percent. Colby but. Colby would not take a fight with Muhammad. Like he's just not going to take that fight. Oh hell no. And so what happens? Who does Kiesa fight? I forget that Kiesa is like a top welterweight, like all the time. <laughs> he's coming um, off a big. He's coming off a big win over uh, Neil Magny yeah, in the main he's event. Been called Colby, eh, you can kind of mix them up, do whatever you want there. There's kind of no wrong way to eat that Reese's. No, you're not. The problem is, of everyone we've mentioned, almost none of them fought each other. Kamala's pretty much fought them all. They're just so stagnant in the top seven at welterweight. Anyway. The the one positive thing about Colby is that he is one of the few fighters that is willing to – to uh, wait, wait, wait it out to get to get paid what he feel is his worth, and um, that's I do at least he know I, I feel at least he knows his worth in the UFC, but uh, but him just sitting out not fighting anybody I don't know it's just uh, I'm kind of like I'm kind of I'm not confident worth in the UFC. I know I mean I was, I was trying to be positive maybe but no that's just not me. Yeah, <laughs> I I respect that he like wants to fight for what he thinks but like he just seems to have consistently negotiated himself out of position which is just not optimal <laughs> but if we're trying to be positive i'll give this to colby he's getting better at his shtick like he's objectively getting better at it like it's a lot of it's still awful or cringy but like he's getting better so you know five <laughs> years in playing a character he's he's starting to get the reps underneath him good for him All right does it still work in 2021, though? It might, it might work even better, unfortunately. <laughs> no. Maybe. I'm, I, I'm not know. sure that it ever did work, but such that it worked, it probably But at least when he said something, he could point to an individual in the White House as his friends and this and that, and you know, you know the drill, but don't know if it works anymore. Even Michael Chiesa called, though Michael Chiesa did call him out. He's like, your thing, your stick doesn't work anymore. This and that. So if they want to build off that, have at it. That's actually not a bad fight. They, I could, they should maybe do that. Uh, sure, I'm about it. I mean, is Damian Maya ever gonna fight again? Too is he ever gonna his official retirement fight? Because he's still like ranked, like in the top like six or something. I yeah. thought for sure he was gonna get the Diego Sanchez fight. Uh, something's going on too. 
That's a fine fight to let him walk away on. Diego's fighting Cowboy for his retirement. McCree Scott. So this is another commenter in the YouTube and Twitters too. On the, but he's commenting on the site this time. So Shanko and Whaley's biggest test at 261. Which champion will have the bigger test? Could both of the women's champions bouts be much better fights than Usman versus Mazidal? Which is get which is getting top billing? I am I already said Rose Whaley is going to be the most competitive fight on that card, uh, and that's not saying Andrade is going to. I think Whaley. I think Whaley Rose. Is 50-50, and I still favor Valentina, and I still favor Usman. I I just have no idea what's going to happen with Whaley and Rose. But Jed, you're already shaking your head. You're already nodding a lot of the things that were said. Yeah. What are your thoughts on 261? I agree with you entirely. Like Whaley Rose is awesome. Uh, that fight could go either way. Uh, I'm re- I, I'm really interested in that fight, and I am probably the the biggest Valentina Shevchenko fan, certainly at this site or anywhere really, <laughs> but. Well, and like that's a great fight, but Whaley Rose, like the dynamics there, are really just fascinating because I mean, Rose has had issues with like physically imposing fighters. Andrade mm-hmm. jumped on her head that one time, and even in the rematch, it felt like that tide was turning at the end of that fight there. And Whaley is as physically dominant as there is in the sport over her peers, frankly. So I'm, um, but at the same time, like Rose is definitely a better technical striker. Like I, I'm just really fascinated in that fight. I think it's super close. The other women's fight there, Shevchenko versus Andrade, it's one of the better tests that Shevchenko can get. I think Shevchenko is gonna just outclass Andrade, frankly. But I think that's still like a good competitive fight. We saw Usman Masvidal last year. It is gonna be the exact same thing. Uh, <laughs> Like, I, I just don't think there's any substantive difference there. Both of the women's fights are much better than, than the welterweight title fight, which isn't to say the welterweight title fight's bad, but I'd be way more interested in that fight if Moswell had done anything since getting beat. Like, it's it's this is just a rerun of a 50-45 card, like, whatever. <laughs> I was Casey. I'll phrase it to you. I'll phrase it to you like this, though. This is going to be in Jacksonville, not in the Apex. You know what that means? Big cage. Big cage. You're in my mind. We saw, we saw we saw Rose versus Andrade, and right after that fight, we did the post show, and we all agreed if it was five rounds in a big cage, in a small cage, I think that clearly favors Andrade. But Rose got to keep the distance, have much more space to work in the three round fight. She won. Now she gets an even another physical opponent. In Whaley, mm-hmm. we uh, do we all agree the big cage probably leans in the favor of Rose. Not to say that it, Whaley would be outclassed in this fight, but it gives maybe it's yes, a yeah. small cage of favor Whaley, big cage favor Rose. But what are your thoughts on this specific question? Uh, well, two sixty one will be in the big cage as long as everything goes according to plan and the event stays in Jacksonville. Um, so yeah, I think Rose has not that she, not that. It's enough advantage where she would definitely win this, but it's to her advantage being in the big cage. But also for um, the flyweight fight, I think it's to Andrade's disadvantage that is in the big cage. I think mm-hmm. the small, if uh, Shevchenko and Andrade was at the apex, um, I would give Andrade a better chance um, at you know getting her hands on um, Shevchenko and putting Shevchenko on her butt and on her back, where Shevchenko has given away, given away rounds, not got her butt kicked, you know, not being up, but she has lost rounds by getting taken out, put against the cage. And what I think, um, 
Yeah, did she did she fight? Did was Maya Shevchenko? Is that was that in the uh, Apex? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but um, it, it won't get. I, but I think for Rose especially, it's going to be an advantage. You just, I think, she probably has some of the best footwork in um, just all of MMA, to be honest. Um, especially for a weight class. So, um, yeah, I, I'm super excited. Um, but with the actual question, uh, which am I have the bigger test? It's big. It's 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 a giant. Probably Whaley, but it's a giant test for both fighters. And it's it's just uh, it's the right matchup at the right time, man. I'm I'm glad the UFC put them together. I, w- I wish I wish actually I wish Usman Masvidal wasn't on this card. I wish all the focus was just going to be on the two late the two lady title fights. But um, we we didn't bring up the most important factor in all three of these fights. You realize this, right? It's the fans. They're going to be fans in the stands, guys. Twenty thousand. I have no idea how many people are going to be at this thing, but like in Jacksonville. Oh my God! <sighs> what a time! Did Jed freeze? No, he's just thinking. <laughs> Jed definitely froze. Kevin, hey, Jed. Jeremy Shoe is frozen. Let me, uh, for whatever reason. See if he'll. Let me, anyway, let me, let me we'll just carry on without him for a sec. Back, have him call back in. We'll have him call back. He'll call back in in a minute. If he doesn't, I'll chase him down with. There he is. There you go. Does he live? I live. Apparently, yeah, I, I live. froze. The thought of fans in Jacksonville overrode his brain, and he froze. Anyway, another question from Scott McCree. Chances Kevin Holland gets the next title shot. If Kevin Holland wins impressively against Derek Brunson this weekend, do you think his chances to be the next challenger to Izzy at middleweight? Why? Who wouldn't want to see Adesanya and Holland battling during the pre-fight buildup? How would you like Holland's chances to dethrone Izzy? A uh, few questions. I don't think Kevin Holland beats Derek Brunson. Israel Adesanya already said he wants to fight Darren Till. He already said uh, that Kevin Holland is way far down the line, even if he does win. So those are my answers. So not happening, not happening, not happening. Jed, your thoughts? I think Holland is going to beat Brunson. Uh, There's no chance he is the next title challenger for Izzy. Izzy, like you said, is interested in the Till or theoretically the winner of Till Vittori. More likely, the Kelvin uh, Gastelum, uh, Bobby Knuckles fight will probably determine the actual next middleweight challenger. So my guess is, if Holland wins, he has to fight till the Till the Tory winner for the next title fight after the fact. Um, and I don't know. Like, I'd be really interested to see that fight. I'm I'm gonna pick Izzy to beat any middleweight that's not named Yoel Romero. Uh, so. I wouldn't assume that he'd get that done, but I at least think he brings something interesting to the table in that possible future matchup. I think if Darren Till and Kelvin Gastelum win, I think if Darren Till wins, he fights Israel Adesanya no matter what, especially if Kelvin Gastelum wins, considering Darren Till beats, in quotes, Darren Till, or uh, Darren Till beat Kelvin Gastelum in New York, and that's just going to be the narrative they run with, but... Israel Adesanya just gave an interview with our former colleague, Aaron Hawani, and he already said, I want Darren Till next again today. Eugene Behrman also said he wants Darren Till next. So Darren Till wins. It's going to be Darren Till. Darren Till's ability to fail upwards is yep. honestly the most remarkable talent in the sport. <laughs> like it is, he has, he has <laughs> won, like clear cut, won one good fight in the UFC. It was Donald Cerrone. Like he's now a middleweight and he's a lightweight. Like he, 
beat Wonder Boy, and then he beat Kelvin Gastelum. He's lost all his other like high-profile fights. He is obviously not bad at fighting. That's not what I'm saying, but it is stunning to me how his career is playing out. But he has such funny memes. I mean, we're, we're, I, mean I, 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 I don't watch his fights, but I mean, he's a funny guy. So yeah, <laughs> I, 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 this is news to me actually. So, but um, I, actually, I think um, if Holland uh, beats Derek Bresson impressively, um, all that, all that's, all that really, I think all that matters to the UFC. They have another um, fighter to, um, to um, whoever is the challenger going to be, whoever takes the lowest bid, basically. Because I, because I think if Holland wins. He he can sell a fight, and you know I think I think it'll be fine pay per view wise. Holland, I mean Holland versus Izzy. Um, so I, I I'm not I'm not as negative uh, as you guys are that Holland won't get a title shot after this. But um, I just think it's um, the UFC obviously I think wants that, and um, yeah, just um, cheapest fighter will fight Izzy next. I think the only way Kelvin Gas uh, Kelvin Gasum, uh Kevin Holland gets a title shot if he wins is if. He takes a short fight on real short notice. He's like, "F it, I'll yeah. take this fight." I don't think they announce a fight with Stylebender and Kevin Holland and like a three months out, like a normal title fight. I think it's, oh, if and this is all worst case scenario, probably like if if it's Till, if if it's Adesanya Till, Till pulls out like he's shown he's done in the last few months, and Kevin Holland just steps up. I think that's the only way Kevin Holland gets a title shot soon, which would make absolutely sense. That's the most likely. That's definitely the most likely. I could see it if if Whitaker and Vittori win, then maybe Adesanya says, I don't want to fight these two dudes I've already beaten. Um, and so then maybe he's like, all right, I'll go for Kevin Holland. But yeah, I think that's probably the most, the best chance for, for Holland. I also there. don't think, I think Derek Brunson is one of the most underappreciated middleweights of the last 10 years. Like he's got, like he, all of his losses are just like he definitely beat Anderson Silva. I think we can all agree on that in Brooklyn. He definitely won that fight. He was like two minutes away from beating Yoel Romero before his ribs got shattered. And then he acted a fool against Robert Whitaker. A lot of people are two minutes away from beating Yoel until they yeah. don't. We watched that Brunson fight. Like, everything was going his way till Yoel did the smartest plan and the, did the smartest thing Oops. in the book and kicked him in the kicked him in the hey who. Until Yoel did Yoel things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's uh, – I think – and like Derek (laughs) Brunson has – he's been given all these like next contenders like lately. Like he's on that like if you beat Derek Brunson, you can contend thing. He's beaten everyone and beaten them pretty convincingly. So uh, I just – I think Derek Brunson is an absolutely fantastic fighter. I just think he beats Kevin Holland. I, th- I when I think of Derek Brunson, I think of a lot. I think of him a lot like how fans looked at Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson and Derek Brunson clearly are like, you know, A level fighters. But the problem is when they lose, they lose big, and that's the memory yeah. people have. Like, uh, like when Masvidal loses, you know, Masvidal has losses, but you know, he loses like decisions or whatever. But you, you, Brunson and Anderson losses. Like I remember their, I remember them getting knocked out more, much more than them knocking other people out, even though. They've clearly have many more wins than losses, but um, they win small, lose big. That's not a bad way to put it. Yeah, I even well, if you look at Derek Brunson's run when he before he lost to Whitaker, when he just came out guns blazing, 
he was on how many knockouts did he have in a row one two three he had four knockouts in a row and he was going for the record at middleweight like if he had gotten that if he had got another knockout win that would have been the most knockout slash tko victories in a row in the history of the middleweight division which is what the, the rain anderson had so and they were all were bums like they were over at least relatively well-known fighters and that's actually he, a solid run i'm looking at it right right now. yeah it, right and then he and then who did he lose to robert whitaker who he again he if you watch that fight his chin is in the air the whole time and casey we interviewed him in anaheim and in his mind he goes if i knock out robert whitaker i set the record and i'm probably getting a towel shot and he admits he was completely looked past robert whitaker that was also in australia so he had like a 25-hour flight to get there and then he definitely beat anderson silva and then he beats dan kelly Ilyota machida in a combined three minutes and 46 seconds like he crushed them and then he acted a fool against jacare and adesanya and then he's beaten like three guys in a row so i think Derek brunson is a completely underappreciated middleweight yeah the problem anyway, is yeah that's my two cents what, 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 you know we're not gonna get this question though but like what happens if Derek Brunson wins impressively, though? Is Derek Brunson just there again? I mean, um, yeah, he's just <laughs> yeah, there, dude. A, yeah. I, I, think he, he'd probably get matched smoking? up. He should fight Paulo Costa if Derek Brunson wins impressively. If Paulo Costa comes back, because after Costa lost to Izzy, Derek Brunson was like, "I will fight," because Paulo Costa's calling on everyone, and Derek Brunson was like, "I'll fight you tomorrow." Like, oh, Brunson, so oh be Brunson's been uh, doing the whole, you know, you're a juice head thing at Costa for a while yeah. now. So, um, yeah, that yeah. fight's due. Um, if Costa wants to come back because he's pulled out of this big main event fight and Brunson wins impressively, or if they want to do if, – if because, again, if Vittori wins, which is obviously also very possible, like do, they could do Vittori and Brunson. There's a million fights yeah. for him at middleweight. Middleweight's – middleweight. Jared Jr. was a middleweight contender, and now he's just – Yeah, like, and they shattered gone. his arm. Yeah. He snapped his arm in half. Yeah, just, just no longer a going concern. Fickle sport. This is hot for you to read. I got it. From Trumbo, longtime comments there. True or false? So, true or false? We'll start. We'll All go right. Jed Casey on these. The UFC books Valentina into a super fight for her next versus the winner of Zhang and Rose if she beats Andrade. True or false, Jed? Mm, false. I think they gave her one more. I'd say Casey. False too. Yeah, same. Same. Uh, last minute replacement. Last minute replacement. Kelvin upsets Bobby Knuckles because expectations are lower, and he's able to be looser and just fight. Jed, true or false? Is Kelvin false? Uh, I think Kelvin actually might upset him. I don't think that any of those would be the reason why. Casey, uh, I might be going with Jed said false, but not the second part. Not because not because Kelvin's looser. <laughs> yeah, I also think like if you interview Robert Whitaker, he is so far off the spectrum of MMA. Like he doesn't even watch the sport at all. So I don't, I don't think he's he's not one to look past an opponent. Because when Anderson retired, when he had his fight against Uriah Hall, we asked him for his prediction. He goes, "I honestly didn't even know Anderson was retiring. I didn't even know he had a fight next week." <laughs> he's like, "That sounds like a fun fight, I guess." Anyway, two or false UFC books Aldo versus Cody and Corey versus Rob Font. While waiting for Sterling Yan rematch, true or false, Jay? False. Uh, I could see the Corey font. Uh, I think they're going to do Aldo uh, Dominic Cruz. I, maybe that's hoping they do that because that's a way better fight than feeding Aldo 
Cody Garbrandt. Where does TJ Dillashaw fall in this then? He gets a title fight. Did you not read uh, my piece last week about how he should be title fight instead of Peter? Biden? See, here's the pro Casey Casey doesn't read our articles and AK Lee doesn't watch our videos. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ruthless. Uh, yeah, I say false because I think they will. I will. I'll say true to the first, false to the second. I think they do Aldo Garbrandt and Corey Dillashaw, and Font is just unfortunately the fifth man out. What's this? Oh, is- also, we're not doing this anyway because they're gonna. Cody's gonna fight for the flyweight after thing. Askar Askarov's not getting a title shot. Come on, <laughs> like that's, they're just gonna go right back to Davidson Figueroa Cody. How many, and then I, Henry Cejudo will fight all three champions in one night. Uh, he's he's so good. <laughs> um, thank you. Um, what, it's, is Cody? Is he even like? Is he even training right now? Is he still? Yeah. He he's, is? In, he's he's training and he's tweeted fight news soon like three times. So he's not. All right. So we, we sure. so we're anyway, not going to see. Two or false. True or false, Amanda Nunes, I assume. Amanda Nunes fights Valentina one more time before retiring. True or false, Chad? True. Casey? I'll give that a true. I like that. I like, I want, I like to see that. Just because I, I want it to happen. True or false, Manel Cape gets cut from the UFC with another loss. Chad, true or false? False, but it's close to being true. Big, giant, false. 
I think it depends on who we lose to, but so I'll say TBD. Marvin Tori runs through Till and fights Izzy for the belt before the end of the year. True or false, Jed? Uh, I think he beats Till. I don't think he fights Izzy for the belt next. So By the end of the year, though. Yeah, I, I don't think Izzy's fighting like three times this year, so I'm going to say false. I do think he beats Till, but I just don't think he fights for the title this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on I'm gonna go on and let me say true because I do think Izzy's gonna do that thing where he will fight three times this year, and like he'll, he'll, he'll I think at 85 he didn't know 85 is not a weight cut for him, and I think if he gets through a couple of title defenses, with, you know, like he did in his previous ones, you know, with relative no injuries or bruises or anything, I think um yeah I think uh, Izzy wants to you know just make as much money as possible, you know. So uh, I I I I wouldn't be surprised. And now I think uh, with um, international restri- you know travel restrictions opening up, I mean I'm assuming all the res- you know, travel restrictions and quarantines, and the world will be semi-normal. That this will be possible if it's like how it is now with lots of you no know, quarantining and you no know, two weeks, you know all that stuff. You know, maybe not, but uh, if if it's just regular like it used to be, yeah, I think I think um, we could see Izzy fighting three t- three more title fights this year. Because they're loading up on title fights right now. I mean, I think they're, they're going to do it. Yeah, we'll see. Right, that's true. That's very true. They will definitely need them. I also yeah. think, personally, I think they're loading up on these title fights now because they're going to have a pay-per-view in April or May or June that won't need a title on the top. Uh, but that's just me. Anyway, next question. Thank you for the questions, Trombo. Uh, Good Lord. Bantamweight nah, jumble from Andy Burton. Today. You guys are coming in with full-on novels for these questions this time. What do you think the next matchups for Bantamweight, considering TJ and Cejudo teasing returns, although Cejudo is removed from the USADA testing pool? The mess that Aljo versus Jan and big names like Aldo and Garbrandt limiting options for people to enter the title picture. Here's my idea thoughts. (laughs) Jan versus Sterling, UFC 262 or UFC 263. TJ Corey fought Garbrandt, Aldo Munoz, Cruz Edgar, Rivera Phillips, Moraes the Sun Cell 3, Marlon Vera versus Hani Barcelos, Merov versus Cody, already booked. You also forgot Thomas Almeida and Sugar Sean O'Malley's booked in that division too. Jed, what are your thoughts on this individual's, Mr. Burton's supposed lineup of Bantamweight fights? Sure. Uh, I, I know that I am the only man on this island. I really don't want Peter Jan to fight uh, for the title next. Um, are, are you because, are you you and Kevin Aioli, huh? Are you the two ones uh, that? I didn't ever. I didn't actually read Aioli's thing. Mine is just that, like, I think Jan's loss is legitimate, <laughs> and if you take everything else out of it, like, I don't like the fact that he's kind of being a dick. <laughs> um, what? Really what? Man, he's, that's he's, the best he's part. Like, that is the best part. Yeah, that's why they're gonna rebook it, or that's at least like part of it. But in general, I also just think if you look at his resume, like. It doesn't demand the title fight. <laughs> like he he has a lot of really good wins if it's 2016, but it's 2021. So, like, I just would like them to be like, hey, you did a – like, that is actually, I think, inarguably the dumbest thing anybody's ever done in a UFC title fight, including Weidman's stupid spinning heel kick and, like – John, John Jones kneeing Anthony Smith? Yeah, because it's dumber because John Jones got away with it. Like the outcome dictates that it's not as bad. <laughs> like it's 
you just shouldn't reward somebody for literally the stupid like when the best case scenario i think is that i'm an idiot like that's your best excuse there's no reward he lost the fight he lost the title and i still think he is the he is the best bantamweight in the uh, bantamweight in the ufc so he should he's the number one guy still i agree he's the best bantamweight in the world that is oftentimes had nothing to do with who gets to fight for titles and just like i don't know man like i just kind of want them to set a precedent here but like this was really really stupid you should have to fight somebody to, to get a title fight because the, the ufc set precedents come on now but I, think, I know they won't do it but i think but the, like, the, the president he lost his title the president he got the dq that's 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 the, the punishment the punishment is that the punishment he lost a crap load of money and now he has to come as the challenger and you know and make his measly you know whatever his now his non-championship reebok fight kit money is venom that's sir what, the reebok deal's over oh yeah it's venom brock get it and that's not the UFC saying that anyway. That's like the commissions and the referee made those choices. The UFC were bystanders to it. Like, I just – just make him fight somebody. He didn't have to fight anybody to win the title. I'm as big a Jose Alto fan as there is. But that dude, he didn't deserve a bandweight title fight. They just kind of gave him a belt, and then they're just going to give him another crack at it. Granted, he was probably going to beat Aljamain Sterling, but he didn't. Like, it's a loss, and it's a legitimate loss. We don't see immediate rematches unless there's controversy or it's a longtime title like holder. He is neither. <laughs> so, like, I just I know they won't do it. I, I think, just wish they would. I think there was a lot of controversy. I think I think the fact that he was dominating the fight. I think you think probably going to win that fight if he doesn't throw that knee. You think Jan probably oh. wins, or you think like ninety nine of hundred times he wins that fight? Well, I think a vast majority of the times he wins the fight, but he also then just need the dude in the head ridiculously like it was the stupidest thing i've ever seen in a title fight there's no good explanation for it and i don't think that it was like malicious but i do just think it was the dumbest thing i've ever seen and so you just kind of got to you made that bed you gotta line it bro like you shouldn't get a title fight you lost in this title fight in a legitimate fashion you need to get one more win. I don't think that's a lot to ask. Again, I know they're not going to do it, and it's fine because he is the best Bantamweight in the world. I just – it would be a lot cooler to me if they did it. I don't think at all. I think, I think if they do Sterling versus anyone, then that's just going to – I mean – That's going to make better business. How? I said it from the How? point that Because Al, Aljo should – lean into this super hard so you want aljo to be like the 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 play like be the the hill like ah like he should immediately anyway because everybody's already treating him like he did something wrong when again he did nothing wrong here i'm not i'm not those people absolutely lean into it like i know you're not but like he absolutely should just be like i'm not fighting him that dude's a cheater like i'm not fighting tj dillashaw that dude's a cheater so it's peter yon i'll fight yeah it would be hilarious it would be the funniest thing and people would hate him and then they would tune in to watch him lose to peter jan or peter however Piotr, Piotr, i think that's it uh whenever they did fight again it'd be way better business actually for them to not run that back I don't like Love this guy. <laughs> I personally don't care who he fights next because there's a long list of fighters I would sign up to see him fight. Because Sterling has a lot of issues. Both Jan and Sterling have a lot of issues with Cody Garbrandt too. 
wouldn't be surprised if he gets thrown into this mix too. They both got issues with TJ Dillashaw. Like I think it's a little different. Like TJ's issues with them is like, oh, you took steroids, this and that. Cody Garbrandt apparently said some things that Alzheimer right. Sterling did not agree with based off of his race. And Jan, and we have that video oh. of Jan and uh, Garbrandt. Uh, this was apparently years ago, and this is something yeah, that Sterling that has said. Well, That's this is something that Sterling has said, so we don't have any proof to back it up whatsoever. So I'm just going off of – and they might have made up in the future, but Sterling has said, like, I want to fight this man, not just because I hate him. And then we have the video of Jan and Garbrandt getting in each other's faces after Jan decapitated his mentor <laughs> in Uriah Faber's last fight. Anyway, I digress. I wouldn't hate seeing Jan Garbrandt, though. Okay, I'll admit that. <laughs> I wouldn't hate seeing Jan versus anyone in the top five. Bantamweight's awesome. Yeah, he should fight somebody ranked because he's literally never done that. <laughs> the one ranked. Or, he has Alto, questionably ranked, and Jimmy he's got Rivera. a loss to Sterling. Oh, I forgot he fought Jimmy Rivera five years ago. <laughs> hey, man. You're not wrong. Hey, Everyone's ducking him. He's like, he's like, the, uh, he's, he's a champion. Nobody ducks a champion. They're all ducking him. I don't need to apply also, logic or, or, or reason to this. I'm not even convinced Pure Young controls his social media. Yeah. Is he even real? Yeah. Probably right. not. Big if true. Big if true. <laughs> Charles Oliveira, the odd man out for Matt Bradbury. Related to Ray Bradbury? I freaking hope so. When With Benil and Tony booked, McNuggets versus Poirier 3, Chandler versus Gaethje and RDA versus Makachev are most likely going to happen. Who will Oliveira face since Dana is reluctant to give him a title shot despite him being clear number one contender? Okay. Especially if Habib fights again. Was it stupid of him to not take the Diaz fight considering it's the best payday and biggest fight he can make? few things to unpack. It's Tony versus Derry. It's Tony versus Benil. High ranked fighting against top billing. I don't think that is officially official yet. It's Poirier versus McNuggets. Chandler Gaethje is an official. RDA has already said he'll only fight Islam Makachev if he gets Habib right after. And Charles Oliveira is apparently they're also they're looking at Chandler versus Gaethje or Charles Oliveira. So none of these fights are official. Official. There's a lot of hearsay. But Jed, answer the last question: Was it stupid of Charles Oliveira not to take the supposed Nate Diaz fight? I mean. No, uh, I've that also. I just never believed that that was a real fight for him to take. Yeah, I agree. I do believe the short notice Michael Chandler fight was like on the table, and that's still not a no. He shouldn't have ever taken that fight. Like he's Oliveira is just going to be one of those dudes who has to sit around and wait for a title shot because he'll get one if he just sits. Like the, he he will just get one because of the nature of his run right now. So. Lightweight's a little hectic, a little cluttered, unless he needs to fight because that's his job and he needs to make money. He should just hang tight because at some point in the next year, he'll get called up for a title shot. Yeah, and the Diaz fight was only because I think Nate did an interview and he said he would fight Charles Oliveira. Nate says Uh, a lot of things. Yeah, but he also wanted it at welterweight and – Charles Oliveira said, no, I'm a lightweight contender. I don't want to go up and fight a welterweight. Which is fair. I mean, if, if that t- fight was on the table, I will say it's probably dumb because Charles Oliveira whipped the shit out of Nate Diaz. Uh, and so that up his profile a lot, and that would get him a title shot too, But and he'd make a lot of money. But I, I just don't believe 
Nate Diaz saying I'll do something is by no means a barometer of truth. <laughs> so I'm just I'm gonna believe that that fight was never really on the table. Yeah, I agreed. I, there's a reason that my our co-host Mike Heck, our colleague Mike Heck, uses uh, Nate Diaz fights as his timestamps for MMA. <laughs> he goes, "The last time Leon Ed, like Nate Diaz has fought twice since Leon Edwards' last fight. There's a reason we use Nate Diaz as a like the the the, the hidden Bigfoot of the MMA landscape." Anyway, so yes, all of these, none of these fights are officially official yet. But I think Tony the, versus Neil Darius. Rules. I think the most true part to this statement, to this question, is the very the headline: Charles Oliveira is the odd man out. I think mm-hmm. I, whatever happens, I think that's that's unless some weird short notice, like take a title fight within a week type of thing. Yeah, he. I don't. I don't, I don't see anything for Charles Oliveira. He just doesn't move. Like he he has to. Unfortunately, he, this is prize fighting in the UFC. He's got to. He has to do something stupid, like go to 170 fight Nate Diaz or take a short notice fight. He has to, unfortunately, take a big risk because just his personality alone won't isn't a, him. His personality and him just dominating and kicking everyone's ass isn't enough for a title shot in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And Dana's already said he's in, he was interested in Gaethje Oliveira. So if they want to make that fight too, I'm fine with it. Justin Gaethje's also had some heated words for Charles Oliveira saying, you've beaten nobody. I already beat Tony Ferguson, and then you beat him, and you've not really fought anyone ranked. You fought Nick Lynch three times. Congratulations. So the Greatest trilogy ever. Fun. What? Ever? Yeah, ever. Oh, greatest trilogy. <laughs> Chad, can you, name the two, can you name the three trilogies that have happened solely in the UFC and no fights have been for the title? Spencer Fisher and um, Tommy. Give me a second. I'll come up with his name. Sam. Sam. Sam Stout. Uh, yep. And Nick Lentz and Charles Oliver. There's one that, more. Oh, there's a third one. There's there's a third one, and they the two men involved are so on another level of like. They are very famous fighters. I'll say. Um. Through. Trilogy that didn't have a title involved in. You have to go to the. You have to go to the Dark Ages of UFC. And it's like one no, of those, I don't even no? think it's Dark Ages. They're both very famous, and none of the fights were for a title. I had nothing. Uh, Tito Ortiz and Forrest Griffin. Oh my! I would have never pulled that. Never in a million years. So I always forget that they All fought a third time. Yeah, that the was th- Forrest Griffin's last the third ever was fight. Most, the I felt away. like the third was the most famous one. Because yeah, he took the mic away and interviewed Tito. Mike, I just I always conflate that with the second one because they should have fought a third time. <laughs> wow. Good trivia. Anyway, can you name hold on, one more oh. one more question for Jed. After Diego Sanchez retires, he's obviously the longest tenured tough member in the UFC. After he retires who becomes the longest tenured tough member? Ed Herman? Uh, Ed Herman was who I was going to say. It is Ed Herman. Casey, we've asked oh. this question to you before. You've that's, never why, asked that's, that's why I knew, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I also said another question for Jed. Casey's just, you know, look at me. It is Ed Herman. <laughs> to be fair, I was going to say Ed Herman, but that was entirely a guess. Do you remember who was, was on his season of tough? Uh... Didn't he end up losing to uh, – oh, was Matt Brown in this season? Or is that a different one? 
No, that's what that was. I think season six. He was on season three. three I want to say four because four was the tough champion redemption. Title. Yeah, no, yeah, and then tough five was the lightweight one. So he was on season three. He lost uh, to Kendall Nick, Grove. Wait, Kendall Grove. He lost to Kendall Grove, and he was on. Do you remember who his coach was? Not a clue. The coaches that season were Tito Ortiz and Ken Shamrock. He was on uh, Team Shamrock. The more you know. That I'm old. I Shout say, out to Ed Herman, the only UFC fighter to make the jump over to Strike Force to fight Jacques Ray when they were trying to book cross-promotional fights. The only reason I was thinking about Ed Herman is because we were talking about Derek Brunson and Derek Brunson. Ed Herman was in that four KO streak that we were talking about yeah. Brunson being on. Ed Herman was supposed to fight Derek Brunson in Phoenix, and then uh, I think Derek Brunson fell out. The like Ed Herman had his hands wrapped and ready to walk out. Something happened to him anyway. I got a lot of respect for uh, Ed Herman because I think he's actually the slowest fighter who's ever competed in the UFC. Like he 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 looks like he is walking through mud every time he moves, and yet he has had a fifteen year career. Sorry, he is on a three-fight win streak in the year of our year 2021. I know. I, like I said, I have a lot of respect for Ed Herman because doing more with less is awesome in this sport. You love to see it. I think the three-fight win streak is his longest win streak in the UFC, too. Anyway, Scott McCrae, Monster Energy former photographer, corroborated Dominic Cruz's implications regarding Hans Mullenkamp yesterday. Do you think anything will come of this for Mullenkamp and or Monster Energy? So I can't remember the individual's name. Something Tate. He's a photographer. He lives in California, and he did a lot with Monster and Courtney, the MMA. Courtney Hendo. Yeah, the photographer. Courtney Hendo. Yeah, Courtney Hendo. That's it. Why did I say? T- I don't remember. Anyway, uh, Jay, what are your thoughts on this whole Monster Energy, Dominic Cruz, Hans Mullenkamp situation? So I saw the story about uh, Hendo doing like a takedown of Mullenkamp and I was going to click on it and then I thought I like myself and I don't want to spend any amount of my time uh, diving into this because I don't care and and that's where I sit sit on that part of it uh, if Dominic Cruz's allegations are true I know Monster is looking into them I know Cruz has said he's spoken to uh, I think like a junior VP or, or somebody in the exec committee for Monster and that they are taking his allegations seriously I hope that they do because if if it's what he says it is, that seems crappy. Uh, but other than that, I just don't really care about this one. And that maybe maybe I should, should maybe I should care more, but I don't. So uh, yeah, I'll say that Mullenkamp seems like kind of a shady individual uh, in some of his postings and stuff. But that's entirely hearsay, and maybe he's a delightful person. Like, I have no clue, and I'm probably not going to spend too much time figuring it out. Casey, I'll reframe it to you like this because Hans works and is around Southern California quite often. He's obviously done a lot with Strike Force and Bellator and Scott Coker, who you've worked hand in hand with. You're also married to a photographer that lives in Southern California, so I am sure you are have been at least in the same circles as Hans Mullenkamp or people that have dealt with Hans Mullenkamp once or twice in their careers. Uh, Courtney Hendo is a is a photographer in Southern California too. So, what's your take on this whole scenario? Give us the inside baseball, Casey. First off, man, 
I love Dominic Cruz. He just had a, a good victory over a top-ranked prospect. And instead of coming out there in the mic and saying, you know, I'm ready for that title shot. Thanks. I want to thank my coaches. I want to thank, you know, the man above. You know, I want to, you know, thank my training partners. Nope. He just came out and just did this total deep cut of this dude. And I, when he did it, I swear, everyone, if you work, like, like you said, if you're in Southern California, you know who Hans is. If you work with any fighters. I've no, I've, I've met, I haven't met, I haven't talked to Hans in person in probably years, but I definitely like one degree apart from him. And I thought he was just trolling him. I thought this was like an inside viral marketing bit. <laughs> so the whole time, but I was like, man, Dom Cruz, like he's he's a pretty cruel dude. But that was funny. But I thought I really thought it was like a joke. But nope, nope, it's serious. And as far as I know, with fighters, I mean, yeah, they always talk. You know, they post photos of Hans or the Monster Energy thing. And I I kind of always thought it was kind of you know good fun. But um, apparently there was some um, you know some issues behind the scenes and. Um, like, uh, if, if what Courtney says is true and if Dom says it's true, that sucks. And um, I hope they Michael I, I, Bisbing has also come out and backed up Dominic Cruz's uh, comments about it, saying he lost his Monster Energy sponsor because he said him he said him and Hans weren't friends. They were business associates, which apparently is a slight in this world. Uh, and then, of course, Angela Hill backed up Dominic Cruz, but Dominic Cruz is her teammate at alliance so obviously she would take dom's side but i think a few fighters now are coming out like well i mean yeah because well fighters don't want to come out because like they're sponsored by them so and they get like like fighting don't pay fighting doesn't pay very well sponsorship does pay pretty decent um so you don't get hit in the head for it too yeah you don't get hit in the head for it and you know and all you have if all you have to do is take some funny pictures with some monster employees every once in a while and hold some pads for them sure I think I think most of these fighters were kind of you know suck it up for you know that you know extra five ten grand a month, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But I guess once I guess Dom makes enough money, so he was, he got tired of it. I mean, he, he just got tired of it, and um, and if that's if that, if that if that's how Dom wants to use his platform, you know, post a big victory on a what he was the the main event on a giant pay per view. Sorry, on the prelims, right? He was the main event on the prelims for that yeah. pay per view. Yeah. So no, in, in, in actuality, I mean, more people saw that than the actual, you know, <laughs> the actual pay per view, probably. So um, Dom's a crazy guy. That's that's my that's my story. <laughs> I have an important question, Jose. Are are we friends or are we work colleagues? Ooh, hot seat. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. We are. Would you consider Anderson Silva and Chael Sonnen friends? Yes. Or are they rivals? I feel like they're friends. There you go. Okay. We're friendly rivals. We are friendly rivals. We okay. are the pound for oh. pound. We are the pound for pound <laughs> 1A, 1B of Between the Links. I'll take that. I'll accept those terms. Aw. You guys. Once you get all vaccinated, you can give, a big, give each other a big hug. Seriously. All right. um. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world including 75% of the Fortune 500, 
Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. <laughs> no one's going to ask about eye pokes. How is this possible? I thought that's I know. No one's about asked it. about it. Here, let me, I feel let's, like let's... Jen really wants to talk about eye pokes. I mean, I don't really want to. I'm just prepared. No, <laughs> like, oh, sorry. Is this one I post? Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go, because I'm sure Joe will have some thoughts about this. MMG 2K20 on the site, cuddling the fence. With UFC 261 being held in front of a full-capacity stadium of 15,000 fans, are you surprised the UFC chose Usman versus Masvidal the headline, considering the fact that their first fight was not very fan-friendly? This fight could easily have both men cuddling on the fence for 25 minutes. Jed. Your thoughts. You already said that you're not even interested in Usman versus Masvidal because it's going to be the same thing for five more rounds of 50-45. What are your thoughts on them choosing to choosing this as the headline for the first full capacity fight in like a, in more than a year? I think it's actually really smart. Uh, I'm not sure why they're doing Jacksonville and not Miami because that's I'm sure that there's a reason, and I probably just didn't pay attention to it. Uh, but doing it in Florida is you know they get to have fans it. Theoretically, you can drive some Masvidal base there. And ultimately, they don't really care if this fight is boring. The point of the fight is to be interesting before they step into the cage. Uh, and then it's just a bonus if Masvidal, like, cold cocks Usman. Um, other than that, they're just trying to get views up. They're, I assume that the, the line of thought here is this is our first event with fans. We want to have a marquee headline that's going to get people interested. But even if it's not, like, the best fight, people are still going to leave satisfied because they got to go to a massive sporting event for the first time in over a year. So I think it's actually, like, really smart. Um, And if you go buy tickets to this, be prepared for 25 minutes of foot stomps. Uh, Just looked it up. This will not be taking place in Miami, I'm assuming, because the Miami Heat have a game that day at home. So that arena that, is already built. That makes a lot of sense. What is, what is the um, for the NBA right now? What is their uh, audience uh, as far as like what's their capacity? How 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 is um, the NBA doing It's it different right now? team to team. Is the city so the city like or is it team NBA. to team? What, what controls it? Do you know? I assume a little bit of the city rules yeah, have to be do local it. local governance but, in a lot. Of but even if it's uh, I. Even like for the NBA in Miami, if the NBA, if they're allowed to have full capacity, I think it's up to the Miami Heat are not allowing full capacity. Yeah. So it's up to the team at that point. But they have the option of having a full capacity. So like why are they, the NFL why? wanted the NFL wanted uh, didn't the Texans have a full want to have a full capacity game or wanted to have a full capacity game? And then uh, mm-hmm. WrestleMania mm-hmm. is in Tampa this year, and they are going to have a lot of fans. I don't know if it's going to be full capacity, but that's what they want. Yeah, I bet it's full capacity. Oh, man. Um, actually, I'm 
the one thing I thought the, the 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 full capacity thing is really interesting to me because I keep thinking about the first fight and I really wonder how Usman Masvidal won looks different with you know twenty thousand fans booing for basically twenty minutes of that fight. You know, since there was no boos, you know, during the actual fight, it was just you know empty arena. Um, it felt different, but I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of curious. I want I want to I want to see how I want to see how how um, loud we, the 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 booze can come back because I think that's what we're expecting and for this main event. Boozman strikes me as an individual who won't care much about fans booing. Yeah, it'll just make it'll I mean, give the narrative. Like, but the narrative would be so different, though. I think I just think that the narrative yeah. would be so different, like because it would be the first time hearing just so many boos for a main event in a UFC. I think you know, I, I haven't had. I, who's who's the most booed main event you can remember? Adesanya Romero. Oh yeah, that, that had to be bad. Was that was that pretty? Yeah, that was that pretty loud at times. Yeah, that fight was 100%. awesome. Um. Oh, not main event, but Derek Lewis, Eli Latifi had some loud boos when mm-hmm. Hilaire was just holding him down. That that's because huge. that's like Derek Houston. Derek that was, was, yeah. Derek, yeah. yeah, it was in Houston, big knockout artist. Eli Latifi was just laying on him, which is fine. I'm not yeah. knocking the guy for wanting, not for choosing not to stand and strike with Derek Lewis anyway. Oh, and just this, this commenter's, um, his idea of cuddling is, that's, is wild because <laughs> I can't imagine. U- yeah, which is a perfectly legit, legit technique. And I, I, I'm, I'm always. Uh, this isn't for today, but like, I'm, I'm always so confused with the whole, you know, Bisbing and DC. You just gotta win the fight. Winning is the most important thing. Oh, you don't win like that. You know, you gotta win exciting though. Like, uh, Usman did exactly what he was supposed to do in the first fight, and uh, I expect him to do the same in the second. Uh, yep. Oh, you know what was the most booed main event in recent memory? The Aya Rodriguez, Jeremy Stevens in Mexico. They were literally throwing oh. trash into the octagon. Oh, well, they were, they were, they were booing from excitement. <laughs> oh, uh, Brian Ortega was saying some. Brian Ortega said some very inappropriate things in Spanish, too, to add Jeremy Stevens. <laughs> but that was the whole crowd. Anyway, whiny welterweights from MMG2K20. <laughs> okay, guys, since the top five welterweights were all holding out for a title shot versus Usman, and now Usman booked against Mazdal, how do we match up the rest of these divas? How about an old school pro wrestling Pete the Clock challenge? The quickest finish gets the next title shot. Wonderboy Kiesa for the nicest motherfucker title. Edwards Muhammad 2, Covington versus Burns. Uh, Jed, your thoughts on this uh, Beat the Clock challenge? I don't mind any of these matchups. I the idea that Kiesa can't fight for the nice motherfucker title, and that's not a knock on Kiesa. He's a good dude, but his last like two callouts, he's been talking mad shit to Colby Covington. Like he's even Wonder Boy, even when he's calling out Covington, is doing it in like the most respectful, happy way. Like he's he's not an in him effort. So yeah, you can't do have that. an MMF title at welterweight. It would probably be between Wonder Boy and Bilal Muhammad. I think you gotta get Maya in there. Yeah, I think I think Maya is the correct answer. Yeah. Unless you're Anderson Silva, but uh, that's deep right. cuts. So other than Play, these fights, Playboy, uh, your Playboy. Yeah. Where's your jujitsu now? Um, dude, none of these fights are ending in a KO, so this is a really bad keep the clock. <laughs> you're not wrong. That's a good point. Cards. I don't know, man. I thought you you don't think. 
Edwards if, you know, if that fight would have continued? I think he would have just been much better than Bilal Muhammad. Just much better. Yeah, I mean, the fight kind of was going how I thought it was going to. No, obviously it did, but I expected a kind of a dominant five-round decision from Edwards. Yeah. No no one even talked talked about this, but I thought Leon Edwards looked freaking awesome round one. Yeah, dude, he looked yeah, really he looked good. Like, good like, like, huh? He's a really good fighter. Yeah, I mean, like, I, like, I, I knew he was good, but like in my mind, I, I, I just couldn't remember his fights without you know going to a fight pass and watching all the old ones. I'm just trying to remember him, but like, I was like, dang, he's just like, he just looked another. He just, you know, there are levels in this game, and Bob Muhammad is a really good fighter, and but Leon Edwards looked like a like a, an elite, ready for a championship fight, but. Yeah, MMA I happened. love to see Leon Edwards rematch Kamaru Usman. Pretty sure Usman wins, but like that's the kind of that's the kind of actually like really good title fight that Masvidal can't give Usman. Like he just doesn't have that in him. But Agreed. we're not going to get it, so I can get it. It's a shame. John Malkin on Twitter is the main reason we are getting Usman Masvidal too because they will be getting money from a paying crowd. Yup. Have any fighters signal they aren't getting normal pay because of no fans excuse from Dana? Not yet. And that would be bad business if they came out to the press and said, hey, I'm not getting paid enough because that never yep. works out well for fighters. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, Jessica. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, Je- Theor- theoretically, at this point, Connor could be getting a piece of the door. Like, I don't know that that's true. I don't know if you guys do, but like theoretically, if I'm him, I would be negotiating that. So with the whatever, 257 or whatever it was in January, like theoretically he lost money as a result of that, but he, nobody's come out and said anything. I think he made off pretty well. Oh, I'm sure he I did. Think he his, like, I think his disclosed purse is astronomically smaller than what yeah. his actual purse is. Like That's it's in another hemisphere. Well, if if Connor made out well, then the UFC made out much better than Connor, though. For sure, <laughs> they they always make 100%. out better. Hundred percent. House always wins. Just Napa, Crystal Crew. She has she asked a question before? No, or she's usually all, just she's always Crystal, jibber jabbing so. in the comments. But look at this jibber jabbing. Yeah, what a word. Christopher Jessica Napa from the Crystal Crew about two sixty one. You presumably most of the crowd won't be vaxxed yet. But would you as media or fans want to go if they're fully vaxxed, even the even though rest of crowd hasn't been? Or would you feel different about the event altogether if they were requiring proof of vax for crowd? So, Jed, we were talking online before. We were talking on, over this before we went live. It's going to probably be one of us in Jacksonville, if not both. What are your thoughts on this uh, full crowd capacity in the arena? Uh, I feel like it's a horrible idea um and that's you're not there's just not really going to change my mind the idea it would be cool if they required proof of vaccination but that's not realistic um yeah i as a media member i it feels a little different because you can isolate much better than you can as like a fan um so like that's why i'm not that it's not like a big concern for me to go or whatever i feel like i can to take the necessary steps to be relatively safe. Uh, but, yeah, I, there's a 0% chance I would go to this if I was just, like, a fan in Jacksonville. There, that, oh, there's no. no way. Even yeah, if I was I went Jacksonville, it was the same thing. When I went to Jacksonville in, what was it, last May, for the like those that, the first string of pandemic fights, 
downtown Jacksonville, for whatever you want to call downtown Jacksonville, was just, everything was closed still. So I don't know what the vibe would be like in Jacksonville with it open. I don't know how many people are walking around because there was I had no way to know. Uh, and even the places that were open, all the food was to go. You couldn't sit down and eat yet still because it was still very early on in the pandemic. So I have no idea. But like Jed said, and Casey's obviously, you know, too, when you go to fights, you can sit in a media room. Uh, I can confidently say if Jacksonville is wide open and there's no actual bubble, because I would imagine there'd be a bubble. Because the last time I went to Fight Island, Abu Dhabi was open, but we were still put in a bubble because they didn't want fighters to get COVID. If there's no bubble, I'm not going to leave the hotel. I got that as my own choice. I don't know if the UFC is going to book the entire hotel. I have no That's idea. That's a safe so, way to go about Jacksonville in general. Like, it's, it's not, just not. I mean, I was going to say that I'd said, like, there's two things. There's a few things in Jacksonville. There's a lot of bridges, uh, and there's knives everywhere. I found a box of knives under an overpass in Jacksonville. <laughs> well, I mean, just uh, like Chicago is known for the soup, Jacksonville is known for bridges and yeah. knives. Yeah. <laughs> As you do. Like really does have a lot of bridges. <laughs> oh man! Like when I the hotel we stayed at, I could look in any direction and see a different toll bridge, or or what? Do, what do you call it? The drawbridge. What are the bridges? Not yeah, sure. Whatever. Drawbridge. Yeah. Thanks. I'm not drawbridge. That's the word. Yeah, drawbridge. Man, bridge so, talk. I love it. Bridges. So I went to UGA, as you guys know, and every year the Georgia football, Georgia-Florida game takes place in Jacksonville, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And it's just not a great city. <laughs> like, it's not a bad city, but all of my thoughts about it are really grimy. So staying in the hotel is a good call. I would say that with anywhere in Florida, really. I'm not a big Florida fan. You know, I was, you know, I was born in Jacksonville. I was born in Jacksonville. That makes a lot of sense. That I makes a lot of sense. I lived there. I lived there for a few years as a kid, and then I um, <laughs> spent my summers in uh, Daytona, which is a few hours south. So, um, well, that's, I, that's, that's I, somehow I, an even worse location than Jacksonville. Yeah, I, 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 I know Central Florida, so yeah, I'm also I'm very southern. To be fair, to be fair, that was like 80 years ago, so yeah, the city's yeah. not the same. <laughs> yeah, Every, everything was good in Florida 80 years ago. Central Florida, that was that was the place to be. God, you guys are jerks. But you know what? But, <laughs> uh, but just heads up, if you guys are going, I'm, I'm really – I can't – I'm kind of surprised UFC hasn't talked about this yet. Like, but how are they going to handle, like, weigh-ins and things like that? Because, like, like are weigh-ins going to be, like, the old weigh-ins? Because you talk about, you know, you can kind of – the media can kind of separate themselves from the big crowds, but not during weigh-ins. You kind of – the media is, is basically sitting with the fans. And um, so, um, yeah, I don't. I I haven't. I I keep asking. I just. I just. I'm not even. Because I know full capacity events are coming. I just thought they were coming more toward, um, say, um, end of the summer. So I, I just thought this was super soon. But have there been any like, like CDC or any like any, you know, disease experts that say, oh, we're good to go now. I, is it? Is I don't. It, I, I would be. Of? I would be extremely doubtful. Given every, some other statements that have been made. <laughs> yeah, because everything I'm reading is like just the opposite. Like, oh, we're almost, we almost got it, guys. But if we if we f up now, we kind of have to start all over again. No, so yay. Oh man, I'm not, I can't get into this right now. <laughs> I'm surprised Dana is going after. I thought for sure he would try to get this last pay per view in because he forever was like, we're gonna be the first. We're gonna be the first. Now 
WrestleMania is the week before, so WrestleMania WWE will be the first. So that WrestleMania will be full, and that's gonna be full capacity. That, that's already. That's, I don't. There's like at least twenty thousand people. The last I heard that are going. This has to be the biggest for an indoor venue. Is is, is, is Tampa gonna be outdoor? Probably. It's the, yeah, it's at the it's at the Buccaneers Stadium. Okay, which is not a dome though. I don't know if the Buccaneers playing. No. Okay, I, I I just found out the I just found out Tampa Bay has a football team like last year. I didn't even know this, but um, when they that's Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, that's what I mean. I I I just opened up you know my my liberal website I go to or whatever liberalnews.com, and then like Tampa Bay's got a football team was the headline. Good website. <laughs> Good, good one. I have a good part. Casey, Casey stopped watching f- football when the great Vince Lombardi retired. When the Oilers became the, the Titans. 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 Yeah. But they were the Tennessee Oilers for a season, I think. And then I was, I was, I was kind of into them, but no. Then I gave up. Uh. Reaction to the fight circus news from Susanna Fights on Twitter. What fight circus news? They have a third event. It's called when? Fisting for Dollars. I think April. Um, they put they dropped a promo yesterday. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What is the name of it? Fisting for Dollars. <laughs> I uh, I asked John Nutt why they named it that. John Nutt, the, the like maestro of the whole thing. As you do. I don't know who John is, so... Yeah, John Nutt is like the maestro fight circus or whatever, <laughs> uh, the Full Metal Dojo guy. And I was like, hey, man, why didn't you name this? Because I thought they did like Fight Circus and then Fight Circus 2 was Circus Harder. And so yeah. then I thought they'd be like Fight Circus with a Vengeance or something along those lines. And then they came out with Fisting for Dollars. And he was just like, we just thought it was funny. He's not all the way wrong. <laughs> so uh, is it going to yeah. be a cowboy themed fight somewhere in there? Right, because no, I'm sure they're using their mocking sure, All headbutt dollars. fight, I, th- I think. So, so there's a. I'm not entirely sure how much of this is like promo versus how it'll actually be, because it was made unclear in the promo. But they had a wheel of violence, and it just had like different fight outcomes, and they would spin it. And on that, there was an all headbutts fight, mm-hmm. which I'm obviously extremely psyched for. Um, but yeah, you, I just imagine you're going to get a lot of the traditional fight circus fair some. Some tag two-on-one matches, some Indian leg wrestling, uh, kicking-only fights. A lot of great quality family fun entertainment. The guest appearance from Peter Yan? Uh, no. no, the guest appearance will be from uh, Bob Sapp. Bob. Like that's, oh, yeah. that's almost, almost right. guaranteed. So. I would love a fight if it's spin and each, each, each fighter gets one set of tools to use. Weapon. Like if that I fought Jed awesome. and Jed can only throw left hooks – and I can only throw leg kicks. I, I would do that immediately. It would be the funniest thing in the world. Right. <laughs> so, like I want. I don't want two yeah. guys throwing headbutts. I want one guy throwing headbutts, and one guy only can throw front body kicks. <laughs> I'm for this. I'll, I'll I'll talk to John. Like, hey, John. I'll talk I got to John. Kid. He says. <laughs> if it's a, if it's ba- if they're mocking fistful of dollars, I expect some sort of fight with men in cowboy outfits, like full on so, spurs right? and everything. They should. Let oh, answer that one. Can we answer this one? <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, kind of. Oh yeah, we did. That was like the first. Oh, here's a story. About. UFC's thought process, another novel from Tristan Gordet. Thoughts on A. K. Lee's story of the Korean zombie considering moving up to lightweight due to inactivity. 
was interesting is that the interesting is that the UFC won't allow Sung Jung. Wow, I've never heard anyone refer to the Korean zombie as Sung Jung before. That caught me off guard. To fight anyone outside the top five, top ten in rankings. What's your theories on the UFC's thought process here? I mean, they could have matched him up against Jeremy Stevens, but he's fighting Drakkar close or Shane Burgos, but decided to match him up against Barbosa. Not gonna lie, I think Barbosa versus Chan Sung Jung would have been insane. Most likely it looks like Korean Zombie will match up against Dan Ige since Ige called him out after his fight against Tucker and is ranked eighth in the division. It's a lot to unpack, but uh, thought process on Korean Zombie not being able to find a fight and debating moving up to lightweight jet. It's super weird um, because you should just let that dude fight as often as he wants. We already got mm-hmm. several of his prime years taken away from us, so if he wants to fight every other weekend, it's not like he's boring. <laughs> like let that man go. So uh, Oliveira would have been dope. Like the Danny Ige fight will be dope. Like. You can't go wrong with the with a Korean zombie fight. So, the original like hardcore action fighter. There was a stretch of time where I think the, I, it's Justin Gaethje. Like recently, I think you could put on that same pedestal. But there was a point in time where I think the Korean zombie was the most exciting fighter in the history of MMA. He had oh, fight of absolutely. the year against fight of the year against Leonard Garcia. Got head kicked by George Roop. Still a crazy fight until he got head kicked. First twister submission, submission of the year. Uh, knocks out Mark Hominick in seven seconds in Canada. Uh, has another fight of the year against my favorite fight ever, Korean Zombie versus Dustin Poirier. And he gets a flying knee into a Darce choke off the fence. And then he tries to, and then he fights Aldo on like short notice and tries to push his arm back into place in the middle of the fight. I think there was a point in time where I still think that stretch of time before his like that two-year stretch before he went off to do his military thing, there's never been a more exciting fighter in MMA history than the Korean zombie right there. I would argue that point just because I think Gaethje now, or like Gaethje yeah, maybe that's, two years ago, was the more Gaethje, of a Gaethje, like, I was, yeah, Actually, yeah. I was going to say, for, some, time, for someone yeah. with, for someone with say, let's go 10 fights in the UFC. If someone with 10 fights, which Korean zombie has, minute mm-hmm. for minute, he's the most exciting fighter? For someone Him with, or Gaethje? No, no 10. Gaethje. Gaethje. Is, is Gaethje has 10 fights in the UFC? I think if it's it, it might be right at ten. Okay, well, okay, well, regardless, um, I think yeah, both those guys are like kind of one A and one B, you know, as far as like yeah. t- t- just pure excitement. Yeah, if you're Tony is another me, one too. Who? Tony, he's been in some like outside of that Charles Oliveira fight lately. He's been in some bangers. Tony, uh, I. The reality is Connor is that like yeah, out, if you take all wrong. the outside cage stuff like. Connor's in cage product is that. I mean, right there, you're talking about four of the eight most exciting fighters ever, like throwing Robbie Lawler and who else could make that? I mean, yeah, but that's Ronda. that's my stance. Actually, I was gonna I was gonna say if we're going if we're gonna be second for second, just action, Ooh, win or lose, I would say actually say Ronda, Ronda. Rousey because that's remember true. when Ronda there was zero like downtime even in our losses. Yeah. You're like, what is going to happen here? Like, she could win it. She's in five way seconds. more entertaining in her losses because she just runs on the right hand. Yeah. Got it. Uh, Justin Gaethje's had eight UFC fights. Eight, okay. Um, but yeah. he's not had any easy fights no. at all. No, he said he also, before Habib, he had, I guess, seven fights, right? He had nine mm-hmm. bonuses in seven fights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
that, that is, that is yeah, that's, that's nuts. Yeah, and 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 and, and, and they weren't like legit. They weren't like kind of like BS. You know, you know. What I mean, like we, they gave a lot of BS ones. Like every single one he got was legit. Like and two, in in two thousand two thousand seventeen, he had two, yeah, he had Michael Johnson and Eddie Alvarez back to back. Like, which fight is better? Yeah, they're both crazy. And then the next and fight was Dustin Poirier, and that's another one. <laughs> and then what did he do? To, and then what did he do to that? He just rattled off a couple of knockout victories and all yeah, in the span of like one round. Dude's a monster. Gagey's shout out to Safford. Shout out to Safford, Arizona. Jed's hair be giving me Bon Jovi's vibes. Wow. That is a compliment. Is that a compliment? Yeah, man. I'm sure. Um, Casey, what was it like watching Bon Jovi live the first time ever in 1971? I wasn't. I'm not into hair metal. Hair metal. Come on, man. Yeah, you're not into hair metal now, but obviously when everyone else in your college years back in the 60s were getting into it, you probably got into it too. Yeah, I was just, I was listening to Hawkwind, you know, it was like, like like a prog rock, you know, man. Don't hair metal, come on, man. Were you one of those guys that stayed up late to watch the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show? Not a Beatles fan. Oh, come on. I go Stones over Beatles any day. Stones put out Casey's way too much Casey's not a Beatles crap. fan because he remembers when they broke onto the scene in America and kind of took over the, the airwaves and he got a little burnt out of it. Kind of like how we're, we don't really get into a lot of the pop now. Casey felt that way when the Beatles first broke in. So. Okay. I can see that. I'll accept that. Are that we was... really not going to talk about this iPoke? Cause we, we, didn't, right. we didn't get one question from iPoke. One question. Someone, All right, someone, here's someone one. ask us about the iPod. Oh, jo- from Joseph Boza in the YouTube comments, I see it right now. Fans were pissed about Leon versus Bilal ended a no contest. Leon should have been de- disqualified. Why did fans want Bilal win- to win by disqualification? We're going to use this to talk about the iPod. Jed, a few questions. First, initial thoughts on the iPod. Second, should this have ended in a disqualification? 100% it should have ended in a disqualification. <laughs> like, this is... I'm excited because I'm pretty sure Casey doesn't agree with me on this. And <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited to have this discussion because, like, dude, you're in charge of your weapons. Like, what is the point of having rules if they're not enforced? Like, in any other sport, if you, it doesn't matter whether you intentionally foul somebody or not. If you clock somebody while they're going to the rack, you get penalized for it. But there's different penalties, though. That's the thing. What, the pe- what, how was Leon Edwards penalized like two the fight ended he, he lost half his check two men went into that kid you know who else lost half his check blow muhammad two men what, fought. he wasn't getting one that other check and that fight continued what one of them did nothing wrong though and the outcome is the same for both like that's just insanely dumb like you if you commit a foul that ends the fight, intentional or not, you should be disqualified. In the same way that if you commit a foul, intentional or not, if the fight continues, you should have a point deducted from you. Like, you just don't have to foul somebody. And we can talk about the gloves, and sure, I am enough people say it, I'm confident that the gloves aren't optimal, but like the gloves aren't the reason Leon Edwards gouged an eye. <laughs> like he put his hand out like this. And Muhammad and Muhammad was coming in, and that's what happens in this sport. It's like it's just it's just unfortunate because they make the stupid gloves that are like, basically like they're. That's why yeah, they have to break him in because the Edwards hands naturally stick out. In any other way, like 
He's in charge of his weapons. Like, you know what you can do? You cannot extend your fingers into a dude's eye. It doesn't if if that was made like an automatic loss, fighters would be way better about it almost immediately. And in like a year, nobody would do it. But it's not. And the worst case scenario is he's gonna get a no contest, which just sucks for Bilal Muhammad. Like it sucks for Leon Edwards too. I'm not saying that this is a good outcome for him, but he Leon Edwards did something wrong. Bilal Muhammad did nothing wrong, and they are both treated exactly the same as a result of this, and that's just trash. Like I think, I think it's not, accidental strike, dude. If we if we're if we are at a red light and you accidentally step on the gas and rear end me, it's still your fault. And, you and but it's not it's not murder. It's not murder. It's like I don't get I don't go to jail for it. No, it's but just you like, have to pay the damages for what happened. Like. Leon Edwards doesn't. The damage costs were split by him, Bilal Muhammad. It's just like it makes no sense to me why fouling isn't like it isn't a disqualification. And then like it's still it's still the same crap. The fight's over though. I mean that's I mean, I mean I, I mean I, that's why I hate the show win the, the show the show win thing because now you know who the big winner was the UFC. They saved a bunch of money. I agree. <laughs> the show win bonus is really dumb. I, I, I think I think that is a giant. Bigger, even just as much of an issue. That is that the only reason we care about the DQ thing. No, I think no contest should never exist. Like a no contest should be restricted to, like after the fact, the the outcome got overturned because of a drug test or whatever, or like a fan hops the fence and knocked out Bilal Muhammad. Then that's a no contest. But a contest happened. One dude cheated. And then they were just saying, "Ah, no, nah, call it a wash." Like, think, no, I don't think it's a cheat. I don't think I don't think I don't think that's cheating. I do I want to point out. I do. Yeah, I do want to. I want to point out fouls. That's why we have the word accidental. Jed's reasoning of whether it's a disqualification or not. If they were more like who was it? Alderman Sterling said it. I was it Alderman Sterling because he wanted rules more. In, they, he wants the penalty to be an actual thing. Because if you're not going to get a point taken away for a low blow, why wouldn't anyone just run across the cage and just kick you in the junk immediately? Well, I've always you're said just gonna that. Just going to get a warning. I've always said, right. Yeah. So whether I don't know, I don't care if it's disqualification or not, because rules are rules. There should at least be a point deduction. Yeah, point. But that's but the thing. If, you got to carry that logic through. Because if there's a point deduction and the fight when the fight continues, then it wouldn't make sense for that to oh the fight doesn't continue, no contest like. One dude did something wrong and one dude didn't. It's super crystal clear to me. <laughs> I think it just it also matters like cuz we've seen a million eye pokes, they don't more often than not don't end the fight. Uh if yeah. it's an eye poke and you can keep fighting, then yeah, take the point away for the first offense because then it won't second time take another point, third time that's a wrap. Uh but I don't like set, like Herb Dean warns a lot but doesn't do anything. Uh, who's the ref that takes away that took away a point like immediately? He's been doing it more. One, uh, maybe might be Mark Smith, but I, I don't know. But the, the point you're, you're talking about the, uh, the 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 lady that fought um, Montana Del, Del Rosa. Yeah, I can't remember. Which I yeah, which yeah. I which I disagree. I thought that that fight has just been reset in that position for like a fence grab like that. You just reset him like where the where they would have gone down, and then no point deduction. That that I mean for for the fence grab. I know that now we're talking about fence grabs. It's something different. 
No, but I agree with that because fence grabs don't compromise the other fighter. It compromises the position, so you just give the position up. Like, I'm 100% on board with you on that one. But I think the big problem is the penalty, though. One point is so freaking gigantic in this sport. It's so, especially in a three-round fight. Well, that was a three-round fight, is but you, you get a point. I just wish, I really just wish there were half-point deductions. Like but if, just, they're, if they're enforcing that unilaterally, then I think it, it minimizes that being big anyway. And also... Just don't do it. You don't. Ha- you don't. But have it, it, to it is. It is. It is impossible. It is like eye pokes are happen all the freaking. I think most eye pokes like fighters go right fight right through times. them. He fought twenty nine times. He never committed a foul. That's why. That, wait, he's career, the greatest fighter. That's why Leon Edwards isn't the pound for pound great. <laughs> okay, be better. I demand. <laughs> it, won't, it won't be as good as Habib never Mega Man Habib. Like, I haven't said his name in a while. I forgot to say that. I was saying his dang name. But <laughs> there are dozens, hundreds, thousands of fighters who don't poke people in the eye. Like I know that you want to gauge your range like this. Just don't do it or live with the consequences, man. Same with Peter Jan's knee. Like And he has he got DQ'd. Like I know. And that and that was the right That was the punishment. That was the punishment. Yeah. So what? So should, should, should Bahal be like ranked higher than Leon Edwards now? Should he go up in the rankings now? Because he got the sure. he got the. <laughs> he should have gotten a just win because he didn't cheat. It ain't cheating. It ain't cheating. I mean, it, if you consider cheating a spectrum, it's certainly closer to cheating than it is to being good. He committed an illegal act. Man, but just think how many fights would have been like just the landscape of MMA history, even recent UFC history, if we just fights ended on eye pokes like that or, I don't know, just point deductions. I think back of um, Stipe DC when the eye poke that wasn't seen and uh, DC Stipe 3. You know how yep. the how the ref didn't believe DC got poked in the eye when he clearly did and how it just totally changed the fight. I don't know. It's like I'm kind of going back in history a little bit, but – it's just it's I, it's i'm still upset totally, about that <laughs> like you as we all should be but like i just think if you do this i pokes like all fouls drop dramatically if first offense isn't as a point and if the fight can't continue then you get a loss like i think fighters will just have to immediately be like oh i need to actually be aware of the weapons i'm choosing to employ and how i use them cool got it I know a lot of commissions and promoters are afraid if we start doing that, like automatic point deductions, then basically they they feel same reason like they're afraid of open scoring, you know, because like, well, people are going to coast. It's like, are they are people going to fake injuries, fake like groin shots, fake like eye pokes to get that point? You know, so I mean, I, I, I think that argument has always seemed weird to me because the inverse works correctly as well. Like. Well, our fighters just going to poke people in the eyes because they don't get penalized for it. And I'm not sure that that's what we see happening, but there are some particular fighters who sure do seem to make a habit of digging their fingers into people's eyes. So I'm not willing to say that they, that they aren't making a conscious choice to say, yeah, I'm not trying to poke them in the eye, but if I do, I get a benefit and I'm not going to get penalized for it. Like you just got to trust that the referee can do it, do their job, which I, that's a big leap of faith with some people. Certainly. I just think, I think the penalties are too harsh. That's why they won't do it because we don't have like in football, you have a five yard penalty, 20 yard penalty. I don't know what a 15 yard penalty, you know, a full 40 yard penalty for pass interference. You know, you have different, different, 
penalties, you know, but there's there's only one penalty. Well, I guess two penalties, DQ and point off. I really wish there were half points. Like if Dion did that first eye poke, and and the ref the ref conceded that it was a reckless eye poke. Because the problem is that there are legit accidental eye pokes where like fighters yeah, no, are moving in, accidental groin shots. There are, there's completely accidental groin shots. There's completely accidental like, illegal shots all the time. Because the fighters are moving when the th- strike is thrown, like fights like, they, like, like you can't hit a fighter after the bell. The intent was to throw a strike. That that strike landed illegally. I know that their intent was not to throw an illegal strike, but the the intent was there to throw the strike. If Leon Edwards tripped on the canvas and when he flailed his arms out, jabbed a finger into Blah Muhammad's eye, sure that's unintentional. But he didn't. He reached his hand out and it happened to poke him in the eye, like. You got to be responsible for your weapons, my dude. Like, that's it. That was the, that was the second eye poke, too, right, in that fight? Yeah, because he got warned in the first round. Yeah. Moral of the story for the next fight circus, eye pokes and low blows only fight. Let's make it happen. Dude, low blows only. That's that's the sport of kings right there. One fight. Oh, wait, wait, you need to see now? Wait, wait. Oh, like you're, you're not yeah. man enough One to lose fighter, an eye? All right, here's the thing. One fighter gets kicked in the junk right away the other fighter gets poked in the eye the winner determines which fight turns into a dq from that point on like we just settle it there which fight would which ending is a disqualification eye pokes or low blows we have a perfect way to figure out which one is more debilitating you guys are sick you guys are sickos that, this is that's a, maybe the smartest thing you've ever said that is, that is the worst thing i've ever heard in my life <laughs> well you don't have to fight in the fight circus it's but, too hard anyway, to yeah Fisting for dollars, guys. Fisting for dollars. Anyway, we've gone 30 minutes over. We had any more questions, Casey? Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> we talked a lot. I've, it's been a joy to watch Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless yell at each other over eye pokes on wait, the wait, show wait, right wait, now. Who's who? Who's who? I, either way, I'm going to be offended. <laughs> anyway. Move All right. on. Moving on. We are. I'm Jose Youngs. Jed, of course, what do you want to say before we sign off? from the A-side. Uh, I think we all know who's Stephen A and who's Skip here. Um, other than that, I got nothing. Thanks for having me on. It was a blast. Casey, are you Stephen A or Skip? Blasphemy! Is that what he says? That's that not, not enough, not enough Bla- syllables. Blasphemous and misses. Blasphemous. Yeah, you, you gotta make up words and use some tomfoolery. Oh, no, you know what you have he to say? He gave up! He gave up! No, what you, if you're <laughs> Stephen just A... If you're Stephen A, you have to say, I just spoke with Leon Edwards yesterday for 42 minutes. We're very good friends. Then you, if you start off your sentences like that, you're Stephen A all the way. Anyway, I've been Jose. That's Jed. That's Casey. We'll be back normal time next week. Hopefully, I'll be in Las Vegas for UFC 260. 260. We're out. <laughs> UFC 260? Blasphemous. <laughs> You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. 
Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.